0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Okay, welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a return special local guest, Eric Burtzlaff. Eric is the principal and lead engineer at Raptor Civil Engineering LLC. Eric founded Raptor in 2020 with a vision for a different type of civil engineering firm built on the pillars of communication and expertise. Eric has worked in the greater Denver area for 10 years and has overseen 200 plus projects, probably even more since we last spoke to them. Along the front range, Eric has always had a passion for customer service and takes deep pride in his work. Eric, welcome back.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me back. And Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is now outdated I want to say that's like I have 12 years of experience and yeah now it's like I don't know like more, many more hundreds of projects I suppose. <laughs> so.
0: That's awesome yeah I know it has been amazing so uh, we follow each other on LinkedIn and I'm always looking at your guys' posts and uh, you're very active on there um, and it looks like you've just been experiencing more amazing growth and, and well deserved because uh, as everybody knows who's listened to this show for a while you guys are uh, somebody that we work with all the time so How much have you got grown since we last spoke? We were we talked about the same time last year,
1: yeah. So, in a year, I will say so. This is August now, yeah. So, we have grown from about well, I think we would have been three at that time, and we are bringing on our seventh and eighth in the next month here. Um, so I've got we've got a new employee starting on Monday, and then another new employee starting in a couple of weeks. So, we're very excited to continue to grow and kind of, um, I, I guess like. Continue to, to serve the the growing need for small and middle development on the front range here.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of growth. <laughs> it is. That's Trust me, me. <laughs> I know. I'm aware
1: of that.
0: Yeah. It makes me feel, uh, it makes me nervous just hearing that much because, you know, one of our, uh, there's a mentor we have who said, Oh, you should be doing like one a year. One a year is a good one. And you got to be really selective about who you pick. So tell me about everybody else. Like, how, what's been the key for hiring the right people at Raptor? What's your process? Have you learned any lessons?
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my, and I'll say we it has not been without uh, some hiccups. Like we've had, we've had, we swelled up to six, then back to four. And then we're, we're hiring, we're hiring again to go up. So it has not been as, it has not been as seemingly smooth as, as unbelievable as it may be as far as hiring within one year's time uh, has been that it is, it has come with, bit of headaches. But my philosophy with with hiring has always been just getting the right fit personality-wise for your firm is I have all the confidence in the world in our firm's ability to train engineers coming in and make sure that engineers are good fits for our system. So that's, if if they share a similar passion for civil engineering, and I'll say the number of civil engineers who will interview who don't seem to like civil engineering and especially experienced ones don't seem to have a passion for it. Have more of like a job mentality. Huge red flag from our end. So. How do you pull, how do you pull that out of people?
0: How do you find really, that out? It really
1: is. I mean, you can just sense it on somebody if they're if they're in there just humming <coughs> in the interview, and they you know they're one you're one of seven of their interviews that they're just they're just out there looking for a pay raise. It becomes it becomes apparently obvious, especially at the startup nature of this firm. It's exciting. Like we've grown a lot, and if you're not excited about joining a firm that, frankly, day to day you can be part of something that you can visibly see grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's something that it, it's, it's contagious in the interview and you can sense that. But I, I generally, when we're interviewing, try to keep our interview candidates a little bit off guard because I, I just come in really friendly, really casual, uh, which I think is consistent with who, who we are and who I am. But at the same time, it takes your like you're in a suit and tie expecting to be asked about like the four things you'd bring to an island and we're sitting here, <laughs> you know, just – just casually shooting shooting the S. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse here, but uh, but yeah, we're just casually shooting. And, and you, you actually do when you when you kind of uh, just have a more casual conversation, you are able to get responses. Like, I, gosh, we had an interview and I asked, the, and I, we're just having a casual conversation. I'm like, oh, do you view this as more of a stepping stone or is this like your, what your career passion is? And just without even thinking, oh, you know, stepping stone for sure. And I'm like, oh my right? gosh landmine gotcha you know well like, so that so that
0: was- so is do you, <laughs> you, do you think you're i mean that's interesting so i asked you how you are able to pull that out of people and it sounds like it's if you approach it from a casual standpoint you can almost get them to do some freudian slips <laughs> well more just like tell you the truth right yeah they're not
1: because you're not you're not giving it to them in that very pointed question <clears> answer <throat> approach you're having a conversation and it's a lot more difficult to not be yourself in a conversation versus Please tell me about this. Hmm, very interesting. And then I take notes, look back up at you, and say, "Ooh, what about this?" And then you answer. I take notes, look back at you. It's a lot easier to keep your composure in that. Sense. And the intent's not to get them to to you know like incriminate themselves and not get the job, but at the same time, it's it's to understand how they are conversationally, and a lot of times that's who they are as a person.
0: Yeah, we we it's so interesting. It's such an interesting little story. We had our, we had somebody do the same thing. Uh, not the same thing, something similar once and they came in and they said, uh, they said, Oh, uh, I, I want to be sitting where you're sitting. And I'm like, Oh, you can't do the movie. Like you're doing the movie answer to that. And like, that's not actually when I want to hear <laughs> at all. Uh, tell, yeah, us about, yeah. tell us about some mistakes. That's my favorite part about interviewing folks is I want to hear what the mistakes were so that maybe people can avoid those in the future.
1: As far as like in hiring or just generally in the firm as we grow?
0: No, in the hiring. Yeah, specifically in hiring.
1: I'd say like we had, I had a vision for, and my wife and I talked about it is like we, one of our big things is like quality control. And it's something in the industry that I think is really lacking, especially as you grow, being able to keep your quality control. And so it was Mm -hmm. something I wanted to invest in early. And I think I got too cute. I brought in a great engineer, and he was employee number like six. And I'm like, well, here's what you will do: You'll, you'll be a project engineer for three, four years while we're, while we're growing. You'll help grow the team as we grow and you'll be able to train. And like, that'll be your role with digital transition into. Well, turns out three years is a really long time. Uh, and so like, basically he came in with this excitement of like, I'm going to be training, I'm going to be hiring and and he's like, you know, like in the interview, it sounded fine. Like, we'll wait a couple of years that, that as we grow, it'll be a slow burn and I'll do my previous job. Well, it turns out that that's not really what we hire. It's not really what he was excited about. And so it was definitely a case of trying to trying to get a little bit too cute with hiring and not filling the direct need we need. And I do think that our direct need we have is as we scale, I'm one human being who can't oversee eight people working at one time. So we have to have quality control in place. But at the same time, like having a streamlined pipeline of young engineers being trained up properly probably shouldn't happen until we're, I don't know, another 10 to 20 employees. And there's all there really is just like a constant ecosystem of hiring. Uh, but that would be probably that would be the most the most like um obvious one, I would say. Uh, and then also just holding on to employees that aren't good fits for too long. I think that's a really common one where as an owner, you just you feel guilty about like you know, like, well, they're, you know, they're one of my few employees, I, you know, I, I brought them in, they took a leap with me, and then they're just not a fit. And that was, that was the other, I'd say, mistake. As we we're trying to grow, ultimately, we held on to an employee probably two months too long, uh, which which isn't c- catastrophic. I've heard stories yeah. of holding on to people <clears throat> far longer than that, but mm-hmm. trying to keep a mentality of making sure that who you have on your team is the right fit. Because as you grow here, having one person that's not the right fit can really create a cultural shift that you are that you don't want to happen that can be a systemic cultural shift this young into a firm.
0: Yeah. And it's so important. I mean, as you know, culture is absolutely. So tell us about that. Uh, tell us about your company culture. Tell us about Raptor Day. What is Raptor Day?
1: <laughs> yeah. So as I mentioned, like we try to keep things casual. So when I opened, when I opened Raptor, I wanted to come up with some fun things. Like I, I just thought like there's so much, there's so much to be explored in like company benefits. And we wanted to provide a pretty good benefits package. And one of the things that as I was shooting it with my wife, who who's tends to be my, my counterpart on this, is I, will, I was like, well, like, what about if we like have a founder's day? And she's like, what if you give everybody the day off? And I'm like, what if we call it Raptor Day? So on the first Monday of August, which is basically the founding day, we've done it twice now because we're only two years old, is we give the entire firm the day off. We go play top golf on. Well, we have done it the last two years. We have played top golf the Sunday before. Everybody has drinks. Significant others are really encouraged to come. It's a day where like we just celebrate. And the way I frame it is personally, the way I look at that day is to celebrate the successes of the year and then look forward to the year ahead. And I think that that's something as having been in the industry for what 12 years now, as you said, is the those years slip by for the most part, and you don't take time at you don't benchmark those appropriately at least i i, I didn't personally mm-hmm. so it's really like kind of a forced benchmark and also it's like almost like a uh, like a, ra- a happy raptor birthday you know like taking uh taking that time off but yeah to to so i think that's unique i've actually had other business owners reach out when they saw that be like, that's genius and then yeah. some of them being like well you can't undo that you know and i'm like yeah no i understand that. that's that's the case is that's now an extra day off but uh um, let's talk about, that. Yeah, you asked about culture. So culture is, we are trying to keep a pretty light culture, but also a culture of excellence, um, both being responsive to clients as well as high quality plans. And then with that, we've got some like fun things where we don't, like our dress codes are pretty casual. Our time in the office is nine to five. Actually, we make a point of not allowing really our employees to work greater than 40 hours, even though their salary uh, a lot of firms have the opposite approach to that, right? Um, and I, I I just kind of firmly believe that burnout's a real thing. And if you force somebody to work sixty hours, it's just a matter of time until great employees walk out the door. Uh, and there's and if you do it right, if you're properly organized, you can be profitable, very profitable, having employees work at forty hours a week. Um, and And poor I, I find that poor project management in my experiences has generally led to we have to deal with this fire, which leads to another twenty hours of work. Uh, yeah. So like our Fridays are super fun. That's probably the way I'd put the, the cultural question, um, to, to like the test there is like the other day, our, our employees unknown to me had country Friday and everybody showed up in boots and, a, oh, I love shirt, it. it I love awesome. that so much. And then, and then like we have, uh, we do, we, we started a tradition with our third employee. He loves raising canes, chicken tenders. Yeah, And we, we, every Friday go out to raising canes and now we we used to all fit in the car pile and go now that we're eight obviously we have uh somebody run up and grab it but we've continued that like the company pays for that and it's like it's a lot of fun everybody looks forward forward to that so um uh, yeah we've got things like that that are that are the culturally a lot of fun that feel very different than like a typical civil engineering firm i'd say
0: yeah in your experience and without naming names obviously in like the other firms you work for i mean was that even was there anything even close to what you're describing I, I do, Yeah, there were
1: actually to, to give credit to like my previous floor, they were, they were really good at like providing these things. It was just the problem was they weren't always convenient where we would have, we would have days where like you would shut down on a Friday and all the staff are like, but you didn't like, we have all these deadlines on Friday. So you'd have like this, this office party happening with people like with their headphones on grinding. And I'm like, that feels bad. So like trying to find, trying to thread the needle of uh, providing a fun culture while not, you know, like like it feels bad to be working your ass off and have four of your coworkers next to you playing ping pong for an hour, right? Like yeah. that feels pretty bad. So it's definitely threading the needle of like fun without necessarily creating a situation where your excellent employees feel like they're being taken advantage of.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's spot on. But I do uh, think that right now, like the cultural
1: like every firm is trying to have like work-life balance and like a cool culture. And I think we do a really good job of, of pulling that off. But I think those are buzzwords right now that are everywhere in these interviews. And like, I think that these candidates show up to these jobs like day two and they're like, this is not what I was told. Or it's far more chaotic than, than it was led on to believe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own opinion exactly about how fun it is or not. I think depending on the staff level and everything, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think you guys are doing right and other civil engineers are doing wrong? I mean, we, you, you, you joked before we came on air here that, oh man, I haven't talked to you forever. We talked, I think twice yesterday we did before <laughs> that three times because we, we have so many projects with you guys right now. Um, I'm hearing from the development side, obviously that they say, well, Eric picks up the phone. And then that that's my same thing too, is I say, well, Eric picks up the phone. I mean, it's just way, and everybody, I mean, and, and when I say Eric, I'm kind of using it in the plurality of your yeah, entire sure. staff, but. That's my perspective of what you guys are doing right is you're just p- simple picking up the phone um, mm-hmm. almost immediately. What do you guys yeah, think? Then, what do you, what do you think you're doing right?
1: I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, I think that that, I think being personable and, and I did have, and I mentioned it early in the interview here is I had an architect tell me that he felt like out of all the civil engineers he works with, that other civil engineers seem burned out and they don't seem inter- they seem like they're just day to day chugging along. And they don't actually seem, and what he said to me that, that stood out and I've been kind of like exploring the thought is like, it doesn't seem like they actually enjoy being civil engineers anymore. Yeah. And it it seems like the, the passion for actually good design has kind of been lost into the, the, you know, into burnout or into whatever it may be after, you know, 10, 12 years of business. And maybe, maybe we'll get there. I'm hopeful not. Um, but I do think the communication is huge. And I'll say like, last time I was on the pod, I was like, we respond within 24 hours. I, or I pick up the phone immediately. I do this, and I'm like, yeah. As we're getting to eight employees and like 200 jobs a year, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not going to be as fast now. And like, it's definitely gotten to the point where like responding within 24 hours of is has become kind of the norm of what's possible. Respond when I can, but still within 24 hours. But it, it's something that making making sure that you're you're not running away from communication because I do think that. The, the instinct sometimes is to say, oh, I just can't do this right now. I'm not gonna pick up the phone. And then that turns into a voicemail that turns into you calling them back, it turns into them calling you back, it turns into you calling them back. And you just wasted a, a lot more time, three times the amount of time that if you just pick up the phone, had the conversation, typed up the quick email, sent it out. And so, and then not, on top of that, not only did you save yourself time, you also managed to actually make the client happy and for the most part, if you can get a if you can get a contract into a client's hand and you talk to them quickly, many times you end up with a signed contract like immediately. Uh, it's like we've, we moved our contracts over to DocuSign and that's like so easy that they can do it from their phone that if they're feeling good in that moment, like you end up with a signed contract within like 45 minutes of sending it off, which has just been awesome. Uh, and I think that that's another really important thing. And it's been a huge part of our success as well. On top of obviously being able to back it up with, with an awesome product and awesome communication and knowing all of these, the experience we have with all these jurisdictions on small info stuff is I've probably got an example for every project type that somebody out there in the front range is thinking of doing. Like one of our projects that we had, like I think that the developer very quickly realized like, oh wow, they've actually done this exact project before. And that's a good feeling for a developer. And that's when they have their next project, they pick up the phone and they're like, do you have, you know, and and we we answer it obviously. And then we we likely have some type of example from there too. <laughs>
0: Do you think that's your specialty at this point? The smaller little infill stuff, the hard to do?
1: Um, certainly that's the bread and butter we have right now. And I don't know, like I, I always, you know, calling it smaller stuff is we do pro. and granted like our specialty is probably projects under, well, I'd say like the majority of our work is under an acre with the vast majority of our work being under five acres of total development. That is certainly our bread and butter right now. Uh, I, I, don't know that we'll stay there forever. I think as we continue to grow, there's a natural evolution that occurs there. Uh, But it's been something that we are very, very good at. I don't think there's anybody right now doing as many SDPs in the city of Denver, for example. I don't think, I had one of the city engineers at Lakewood tell me I must be the single greatest salesperson because we're on every (laughs) project. Like, that we have like, that we have these, uh, that's a true true story for sure, apparently In in the back, in the wings, they keep laughing that we're on everything, but yeah. That that project type specifically in the Denver market is a really popular type because the way that the way that the lots are broken out, they're not huge, complicated pieces Mm -hmm. to take down. They're almost like developer light to some extent, where you can be an inexperienced developer, the buy-in is low enough to where you don't have to have a you know a 40 million dollar group behind you to purchase the land and pull the trigger on on the you know a huge conglomerate, like huge set of buildings and things like that like i'm thinking about the dc area for example like that's a great example of a very like the buy-in to do development in the city in the city of washington dc is significantly higher than that in denver and so we serve an awesome an awesome like niche within this community i think that there are just not that many good civils that live in the space that we live in
0: yeah it's a it's a good spot to be in i agree and there's so much opportunity like you said i mean we're working on a couple of those with you uh sales you you mentioned that and that was going to be my next question before you even mentioned the word was a lot of it's word of mouth right but I mean are you doing anything else to get the word out there or is it or is the work just speaking for itself at this point
1: um it's well, certainly I would love to be doing a little bit more we've done really good work on our website and our web presence I think that you mentioned like LinkedIn being popular like I did have another civil engineer ask me like point blank like how are you like, who's running that for you? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. He's like, how are you doing that? I'm like, it's yeah. like, it's in my free time. I'm, you know, posting, posting projects, pictures, updates, things like that from the company page. So I think uh, the social media presence has been much better, I'd say, for recruiting staff mm. than it has been for recruiting clients. I think that the 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 website and the, the SEO associated with that, as well as the, the word of mouth has been, uh, you know has been probably the biggest marketing item. And I'd say the the fact that we may, and I think you can attest to this, the fact that we make Architects lives easier really gets a lot of architects ringing our phones saying, well, if Eric's on this project, I don't have to do this annoying thing that I don't like to do and I'm barely qualified to do. Yeah. And, and Eric, and I trust Eric to be able to handle or trust Raptor to be able to handle that client communication. And that's turned into a huge marketing thing where as soon as we have architects who like, we'll do one project with, a developer will refer us, and they'll they'll pick up the phone and go. Well, I've got three more. Like, can you help? And we're able we're able to provide that. And I think that's been a, a, another marketing thing. But I would love to like, I don't know, but like, start focusing a little bit more on like different marketing types. But I think that right now, admittedly, we're very busy, and I I, I don't think that we want to bite off more than we can chew because hiring is not easy, as you probably know. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll be our growth has been has been high, but I think that the, the reason the growth seems so steep is because I should have opened this firm with four or five people is I think I I vastly underestimated the demand that existed. And that, that, as soon as I opened the door, the phone, the phone just kept ringing and ringing. And I was able to kind of, with the way these development projects go, it's like, you know, you sign contracts three, three, four months before you're actually doing really heavy, you know, work. And I'd say it was about what, six months before I hired my first employee. So, and then it was just constant from there. So I think we've been able, I've been very cautious in in the way we've grown. And with like the market showing signs of potentially, you know, taking a downturn, we've been very, very cautious to make sure that our financials were in order to make sure that we were comfortable with A, the workload we had, the diversity workload, and as well as the financials in the
0: background. The economy, you just kind of touched on that too. And that's always something, uh, it seems like you and I talk about at least once a month when we have a conversation, it's where do you, so, you know, there's, we're, in my opinion, we're clearly in a recession, but it's a really mm-hmm. weird recession. I've went over it a few times in a couple of recent episodes talking about yeah. how it's like, all of a sudden we have this inflation, but then we have this low employ, employment rate. Um, but then the GDP is technically going down. So like, you know, are you op- cautiously optimistic? Are you just, are you just no opinion about it? But where where do you, where do you feel like we're heading? and And then also maybe if you could talk about, one of the things I, talk, I I try to stress is that there's we have a housing shortage in Colorado, and uh, so it seems like no matter what they people there's a demand there. and so it, it, it's going to keep chugging along. you know what what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so
1: I mean, I'm and this goes back to like my days. I was a professional <laughs> poker player at for several years, and I'm an eternal pessimist, and and I from that end of things, is like I'm constantly thinking about the worst possible range of outcomes and trying to set myself up to not implode from that. So since opening Raptor, I've been very thoughtful to the fact that a recession is looming. Uh, And now obviously we're in, I think, by definition, a recession at this point. Whether or not that turns into a housing, you know, 2008, where the whole housing market implodes, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. It certainly Mm -hmm. could happen. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really don't know. And I think that the way I've planned is to be, as pessimistic as possible when I'm forecasting that and then trying to make sure that I'm making decisions on spending on hiring on should we buy more hats should we you know like make these decisions on like overhead costs or should we upgrade to a bigger office now that we have more people like make decisions that are more on the cautious side of of not going extravagant because that you don't get that money back if the whole market collapses that Having having some lifeblood in the business is, is critical. So my stance on on has been that approach. So basically, what that's turned into is is trying to put as much money into the company bank account as, as humanly possible to make sure that if there is a downturn, that we're not you know immediately laying off staff. And I think as I say to as I say to my uh, my staff sometimes, like, if we <laughs> are in a spot for layoffs, the entire industry is going to be upside down by that point. Right. Um, and so, and that's about as good as you can do, right? Is like you can't forecast. If things get so bad that it's you know thirty percent layoffs across the board, there may very well at some point be raptor layoffs. But uh, you know that the goal would be not to have that happen. Uh, and so that's where I, when I say I'm a pessimist, I'm prepared for that scenario. But I I'm really prepared in the sense of I'm really hopeful that it doesn't come to that.
0: Yeah, I am too. Uh, tell us what your short term and long term plans. Raptor. Um, I would love to hear, especially about the long term. What I mean, you say? The franchises or you- franchises? No, I haven't <laughs> thought about that before. Actually, um, so I mean, short term,
1: and and I the way that it's my stance on this is like organic growth. I think sometimes, and I think that the organic growth, frankly, I I missed the shot at the beginning of the business uh, by not having you know one or two more people in and just absorbing that overhead, um, but. Um oh, sorry, I just had a, a brain fart there. I'm sorry. What was the question again here?
0: The uh, short-term and long-term plan. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, so short-term kind of just ride out this whatever is happening right now. Make sure that and, the, and the, the things there are make sure that we're able to provide our clients with the same level of quality and and responsiveness that we we promised to. And then as we do that, if we see more work coming in, respond to that by hiring more. If we see less work come in, be reactionary to that as well. Uh, In the long term, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know how big the business can scale because, man, it's gone quick. So I certainly could see us being, you know, a 10 to 15 person civil engineer who's happy with that. I somehow doubt that will be the case, but that may very well be the case. I could also see us very easily going to 50 or 100, who knows. Um, But that's going to require... I don't know what the what the limit on living in the infill Denver world right. is versus you know and maybe targeting another good infill you know market as you mentioned franchising but opening satellite offices like if we add something I don't know I'm like just I haven't looked into this at all I'm like Boise Idaho maybe or something like that or Montana that are very very popular you know kind of jumps from Denver that that certainly could be in the cards as well if we found and I I think that that's all about finding the right person to spearhead right. that and understanding that I can't be in two places at once and I need somebody who shares the company vision if that happens. Um, and so I think that if that's a lot of organic growth is the way I would view it, is I want to, I don't want to force it. I don't want to just hire 10 people, get a bunch of funding from some outside partner and, you know, really pedal to the metal. I don't think that's the right way to approach it. I think it is grow as the company tells us it's time to grow.
0: Yeah, that feels about right. I, I agree. Uh, what do you... So two last questions here. We're coming up on the half hour. Um, Knowing what you know now, and if you go back in time when you first started Raptor, what is one Raptor? What is one piece of advice you give uh, your former self?
1: I would have a lot more confidence in myself. I'll say. Um, I thought when I opened that I was that I would not. No one, everyone would think I was like small time. You know, like like oh Eric. You know, Eric's just been doing this ten years. That's not enough. Experience to do this. I thought I would ease right into it, and as I mentioned, like I, I that's connected to like the the I misjudged how how big this was supposed to be from the get go, um, and how popular the idea would be. Um, so I would say that that's a really good thing. Um, I also may have read a few more like bookkeeping books or something like that, because that's a huge part of this. as well. Which I've gotten very good at now, but I'd say like coming out of the gate, I did not know what I was doing from that end. If you'd shown me QuickBooks, I was like, I don't know. Like, and, and now, now basically a QuickBooks expert, but uh, yeah, it was a, uh, that was definitely a baptism. Luckily I wasn't too busy for the first couple months. Um, Cause yeah, like a canceled bank transfer. What do you do with that? Like, you know, like I, I, you have to find all these, uh, you have to, you have to rely on uh, your bookkeeper, but also like having that knowledge yourself is really helpful. So that's, that's probably the other thing I'd jokingly say, like having spent a little bit more time understanding the back end probably would have been, would probably would have but a good thing to have.
0: Yeah. I don't think you need to focus on it. Obviously. I mean, we did, we didn't have a bookkeeper in the first couple of years. Then all of a sudden we had, we wanted to go get our first mortgages and it was like, Hey, we need to see your P and L's and we're, what is that? So, yeah. you know, but yeah, ha- having a little bit of back uh, backstory and, and learning there super helpful. Um, yeah, and stuff. I'd, I'd
1: say I'd say also like, and I know we're up against it, but like that confidence—if you are a really good, like if you're really good in your industry and you're really good with clients—that there is like the the fear of that fear of jumping out on your own is something that like you wish you could like show somebody who hasn't done it and is scared of it, like what it really looks like on the other side, because I think that that was another thing that I just had no clue how this thing would manifest. And it was, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jump right in. you breaststroke confidently. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, get your get your house in order, then dive in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, this has been fantastic. Uh, tell us uh, where can people find and follow you and, and follow your forms of work. Yeah, sure. So you can you
1: can find our website, raptor-civil.com. You can find me, Eric off on LinkedIn. You can also follow Raptors Civil on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have an Instagram account, Raptors. I think it's just Raptors Civil, actually. Um, I think that's all I've got as far as places to find me. But yeah, I'm always open to connections on LinkedIn. would love to uh, always always open to talking to other like-minded professionals. And, and really, I mean, especially the small development community and small consultant community is, is really a bit like a family and it's like everybody knows everyone. So yeah, um, it is something that getting to know this, this industry is, is
0: awesome. Yeah, truly. Eric, thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Absolutely.